there are so many young professionals who are really having challenges with prioritizing sleep in their life. I know I can't be alone. Today, we have the privilege of bringing a special guest who is an expert on sleep. Today, I will be joined by Dr. Funke Afalabi Brown, who is triple board certified in sleep medicine. And even better, she is passionate about helping people discover the gift that sleep is. It really is a superpower. So if you're struggling with sleep or you know somebody who is, you'll want to tune in or share this episode because there are going to be so many nuggets. Now, I'm just going to quickly read her bio. Dr. Brown is a speaker, educator, writer, author. Um, she's the founder of Restful Sleep MD, where she helps young, busy professionals and their children not only prioritize sleep, but achieve optimal health and thrive to actually reach her full potential and live a full and fulfilling life. So I will put her full bio in the show notes. And without further ado, if you are ready to see how Dr. Afalebi Brown can help you tap into the opportunities that are waiting for you right now, let's go. Welcome to the Creating Clarity Podcast, where we talk all about clearing the fog, shifting our focus, and uncovering the opportunities that are hidden right in front of us. I'm your host, Dr. Liz Aguirre. Before I begin, I must emphasize that this work is separate from my professional medical work and does not represent medical advice or opinions of any specific organization. Dr. Brown, welcome to the Creating Clarity podcast. And I am super, super excited because you just have so much value and expertise to offer my listeners. And I'm really appreciative for you being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, I'm going to jump right in to my first question. And that is, I know that there are many, many reasons that people struggle with sleep, but I really think that making it a priority is one of the biggest obstacles. So what do you think um, that is, I mean, do you think that that's the case? And how can we view it, view sleep as the priority that it really is? Honestly, that is, you you literally hit it, hit the nail on the head. I think there are a couple of reasons why we don't make it a priority. One is sometimes I think of things like your blood pressure. You may not necessarily, you know, you have the number, you don't, it doesn't really mean much until it starts to cause symptoms, right? And so, so I true. think other things sort of creep up on our list of priorities that take sleep off the top of that list. And so when we think about sleep, right, it's something we're doing where, you know, there's sort of in our minds, it's inactivity. Like I could be conquering the world. I could be, you know, coming oh, building yeah. my business. I could be doing one thing or the other. Now I have to 
dedicate eight hours of sleep. And then you think about all your obligations and all the other things that we've put on our plates and sleep sort of starts to take the, the back seat. And I think that's the reason it's, it's, it's the obligations, it's the challenges with setting boundaries, it's the understanding of how important sleep is. I think that's also an issue because most people sometimes feel like sleep is a cure for sleepiness. It's just that thing that you do at the end of your day. But then when we shift it and think about there's a reason why a third of our lives were meant to spend sleeping. It has not changed. Think oh, that's it. so good. That is a so good. Of our lives. And so we have to learn to do it well because every organism, every single organism from like the food fly to all like all sorts of mammals to the whale, every organism, every animal has a period in the day in their lives where there's just quiet and quiescence and rest. So it's not just a luxury. It's not just something you have to do because everything else is shut down. Nothing is shut down, especially in, the, in, the, in our 24 yes. hour world right now, right? But it's not just a luxury. It's a fundamental part of life. So I actually need sleep like I need water. I actually need sleep like I need food because there are conditions that are fatal when we don't sleep actually. So I think we have to shift it and think, this is not just something I can partake in. This is something I need for my health, for my mood, for my long-term life, you know, to be the person I'm meant to be. And to really making that shift and from a place of understanding, this is something that I do because I deserve it. So I think we really can make that shift by just so, on so many levels. Yeah. Um, okay. You said <laughs> like so many little nuggets in there. I should have really been writing these down. But one of the things you mentioned is our, I mean, that is like normal. We are supposed to mm -hmm. be spending a third of our life sleeping. And we've kind of been conditioned to think mm -hmm. that we should be working hard all the time. Mm -hmm. And that the way to success is to work harder. And that's yeah. just simply not true. Sometimes yeah. the way to success is to, to get energized and rejuvenated. And then you come yeah. right back and yeah. you know you're, you come back even better than that. Another thing that you mentioned is that sometimes the, the effects of not having sleep are insidious. So I wanna go there mm -hmm. and talk about that because I actually had a moment where I recognized that I was yelling at my kids a lot mm. and I was very irritable, short tempered, mm. and I was yelling. And finally I came to realize, and, and really I didn't come to it on my own. My husband was saying, you know, this happens literally like every night at bedtime. And he's like, no, I said, it's because the kids, they won't go to bed. And he said, it's not because the kids won't go to bed. It's because of what you're thinking about that. And mm -hmm. maybe you should take those expectations off of yourself and, mm -hmm. and tell yourself it's okay to go to bed. But what mm -hmm. I wanted to bring up is that was something that I didn't recognize. Somebody pointed it out to me. Mm -hmm. What are some other signs that maybe we're missing that are symptoms of not getting enough sleep and we're just not mm -hmm. recognizing it? Oh, that is so good for a lot of the busy sort of professional women that I work with, that's one of the signs that like, almost like a, your empathy, your ability to be patient and to sort of have that understanding just goes out the window. 
it goes out the window. You're more irritable um, because there are areas of our brains and there's stages of our sleep that help with one emotion regulation. So that actually occurs during sleep. So when we are sleep deprived or we don't get enough sleep, we lose that function. And so decisions we make, especially as um, professionals, we make thousands and thousands and thousands of decisions every day. And that ability to make the best executive decisions is impacted by sleep. So if you notice that you're a bit more impulsive, um, you know, if you notice that, you know, if you do have habits that you're working on, but just really even the ability to even curtail that is something that you will see with sleep deprivation. So when it comes to mm. our mood, um, moodiness, of course, unfortunately, we're at a time in, our, in, in just in our society right now when mental health, there's a mental health crisis going on. And yes. that has been tightly associated with inadequate sleep. It's a bi-directional relationship. So if you have anxiety or depression or mood disorders, you're likely to have difficulties with sleep. But then when you also are not sleeping well, it sort of lowers that threshold that sort of tips you over the edge. So that's one big one. And how do we express that? We express that in the people around us, the people we love the most kind of get the blunt edge of it. Um, the people that you typically, things that you typically would say, oh yeah, whatever, it's just been, just been him or her or whatever, all of a sudden becomes this thing that just makes you want to blow up. So- Okay, that, that just gave me the chills. <laughs> and that gave me yeah. the chills because- so many times when we're frustrated, yeah. upset, agitated, our tendency yeah. is to point the finger at the thing yeah. that we think is causing mm -hmm. that. And reality, yeah. we need to turn that finger back around and say, what am yeah. I missing? And a lot of times yeah. it is sleep. That sleep. is so yeah. good. Yeah. Now you Just, mentioned, you mentioned yeah. um, decreased empathy too. I want you to mm -hmm. elaborate on that and give an example mm -hmm. because we are in a time where, okay, there is so much love and kindness mm. in the world. And mm. sometimes we might have an interaction with someone who we think very highly of, and you're like, what was wrong with them? I mean, they mm. just totally snapped and for no reason. Mm. Um, so talk a little bit about that decreased empathy and how that looks in people, because yeah. that's what I've recognized in myself. If I'm short-tempered mm. with other people, and um, I'm not as compassionate about yeah. something that I normally would be, um, yeah. that that is very, very apparent, I think. 100%. So when we sleep well, um, there's a, I mean, it's not been fully understood, the different stages of sleep. So you go through deep sleep, you go through light sleep, mm -hmm. you go through REM sleep, and people have, you know, there's been some studies that have shown that they all sort of serve slightly different functions. And one of those functions is emotion regulation, right? So you're literally getting things transmitted, experiences you've had that may have been pleasant, unpleasant, sort of filed from like your short-term memory to your long-term memory. And then with REM sleep, especially, you can, and which is dream sleep, and which is some of the theories we have around like the function of dreams, some of those theories, like helping sort of file unpleasant memories into a different filing cabinet, more or less, mm -hmm. and then replacing it with more pleasant ones. So if you are sleep deprived, and then there's the role of the hippocampus, which is a structure in our brains that helps with just emotion regulation and things like that. So 
when all when you're laden with sleep deprivation, all bets are off. So your mood is off wow. and your threshold and ability to sort of regulate experiences around you and take them and interpret them as something that may be just occurring as a circumstance, but rather now pointing it as it's someone trying to get me. Um, yep. Paranoia has been shown to increase actually people who are chronically oh, sleep wow. Yes, exactly. So uh, a, a lot of it, again, they have not necessarily made this completely direct causality, right? We still have things that we can do to self-adjust. We're adults <laughs> or children. Right. Think, about, think about that two-year-old in the grocery store who you just said, no, sweetie, it's almost time for dinner. You cannot have this giant lollipop on the aisle in the bush and all of us on the full blown tantrum right yes. and then we as the parent you're picking you're like i'm sorry he's missed his nap or he didn't sleep well last night that's exactly what we are oh we i are didn't all... even think about that <laughs> we are all it that two year old so much yeah. sense <laughs> when we think about it as a child yeah. Yeah, but I have yeah. never thought about that in the adult yeah. world. Wow, yeah. that's eye-opening. Yeah. That yes. is yeah. so eye-opening. Exactly. So, so that's so so. This is all just even just the emotional piece. And now we talk. We can talk about things like just the constant fog working in that brain. I'm sure many yeah. of us have experienced that brain fog that's constantly there. It comes from either not sleeping well, either not resting well or taking care, good care of ourselves. So sometimes if you're constantly feeling like I'm just off, um, sometimes it's really checking in and saying, have I been getting enough sleep? Am I well hydrated? Have I been taking care of myself? So those are things that we may experience. Then there are also things like cravings, right? Sleep is so important when it comes to our metabolism, right? Where signing up for the biggest or the largest or the fanciest um, weight loss program. And where we have all this gazillion gym memberships in our bid to lose weight and to exercise and things. And while those are very critical to our health, sleep is fundamental to all of that. So when I look at health, I look at sleep, I look at um, exercise and that and our nutrition as well. All those things impact our health. Of course, our social con connections as well as, as that, because there's actually studies that have shown it. When you haven't slept well, after a night where you've not gotten good sleep, when you wake up in the morning, you, certain, you have certain cravings. Or maybe you don't wake up in the morning, maybe in the middle of the night, whatever, you're not able to sleep. You have certain cravings. And those cravings are specifically towards high calorie foods. You're not going to crave no. a carrot. You're going to go straight into the fridge for no. the carrot cake. And now there's studies that have shown that it's because the hormones that regulate our appetite are almost like flipped. So there's a, a hormone called leptin that's literally uh -huh. the satiety hormone that says, okay, you're done, you're full. And then there's the ghrelin that says, okay, you're hung probably hungry. And there's a flip-flop that happens when we don't sleep. And so you can imagine then you're craving those foods, you're eating those salty, high-calorie foods. You're not motivated to exercise because your motivation also drops when you don't sleep well. Then we start yes. to have struggles with reaching our goal in terms of either our weight or maintaining that healthy lifestyle. So sleep okay, you know, affects that. <laughs> I have heard that if you're not getting enough sleep, 
that it leads to weight gain and obesity. But I don't think I ever understood how that worked and why it worked. So I think this will be really eye-opening to my audience because, you know, when we're trying to get clarity in our life and and we are in that fog when we're not getting enough sleep and we forget to check in with ourselves. And this is funny Mm because the last couple of weeks, I have been really trying to prioritize my own self-care. I Mm -hmm. just, that has been a big focus. And literally just this morning I was working and my husband, because he knows I'm like getting back into the grind right now of work. Mm-hmm. And he said, can I ask you something? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, when you get really, really tired, can I ask that you take a nap again instead of just pushing through? And I was like, oh yes, I could do that. But it's because I really, really wow. have been putting that focus this last couple of weeks. And he really could mm-hmm. see that change in me. So, mm-hmm. well, I want to move on because there's something I really want to talk about. And that is mm-hmm. that you were recently recognized by Baby Center, uh, Baby Center for your work in sleep medicine. So, wow. First of all, congratulations. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. Thank you. I really think that that speaks to the value of your expertise and how important sleep is. And I remember, um, I don't know if you know this, but I have twin girls and they're 10 years old. They were my first babies. And I remember when it came time to sleep train them, I mentally wasn't there. The thought of making them cry out anything for any period of time, to me, I just wasn't mentally there. And I know there's a lot of different opinions on how to sleep train, so we won't get into that. But my pediatrician did say one thing that really stuck with me. She said the best thing that you can do for your children and for yourself is to teach them good sleep hygiene. And that Mm -hmm. literally has stayed with me for the last decade. So that that to me was really profound. So I want to ask you. I know that there's a lot of people who haven't done the sleep training and they maybe have uh, toddlers or young kids or even teenagers who are not sleeping well, who are not going to bed early or getting enough sleep. Um, What do you think about that? Is is there still opportunity? Can that be changed? Absolutely. That's a, I love that. And I love the fact that you said I wasn't there just mentally. I think that's that's a piece that's important. And to be honest, I am a sleep medicine expert, a sleep physician, but I can tell you not everyone has to sleep train their child. Absolutely not. Um, I would say that, yeah, I would say that every child can learn to sleep independently though. They have that potential. And as parents, we can help them get there. But there's so many approaches to this and what really is a bedrock regardless of what you decide to do whether you say you want your baby to try to sleep on their own whether you want them to not you want to sleep with that whatever it is is to have a bedrock of healthy sleep habits i think that is so important and no matter what age your child is there's always you can always learn to sleep better you can always learn to sleep well so I do have people who do say oh no you know they feel like there's regret it was because I didn't do it right when I when my child was a baby but that's okay it doesn't mean they're now doomed and you know they'll be like in college and they'll still want you to rock them to sleep like no (laughs) 
you know, I think you make a good point here because yeah. we, we think we do things wrong. Yeah. And the reality yeah. is we make the best decisions that we can at that, at time. that point in time. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. you know, as we view things differently or as things evolve and change, yeah. we're entitled to change our mind about how we do exactly. things. And that's okay yeah. too. We just, yeah. you know, it, it's just kind of an ebb and flow thing. So do I you feel like you just mentioned that you mm -hmm. don't feel that sleep training is absolutely necessary for everyone? So that is good. But my question is, do you think that there can be a point where, you know, maybe they're not getting good sleep and mm -hmm. it's preventing them from reaching their full potential, whether that's young kids in school or teenagers applying to college, or even as you get into adulthood, you never had good sleep practice. Is that affecting us and, and our ability to achieve what we're capable of? Yes, absolutely. That's a great question. So when I say not everyone has to sleep train their child, not everyone has to go through some kind of method. And that's my, that's my personal mm. opinion. There, it depends on what the, the philosophy is for you and what really matters to you, right? Some families say, you know what? We have this giant room our kids have their little beds around our bed, you know, on the floor, their little mattresses on the floor around our, our bed. And we all live, live as one big happy family. And if that's what works for you guys, that's perfect. I think the issue is if you do have kids who are not sleeping well, right? Who have sleep troubles, they have a hard time falling asleep. They have a hard time staying asleep. Or they're waking up at 3 a.m. and they're like, let's go party. And it's affecting your health because you are not sleeping well. And it's affecting their ability to function because they're, they're you know, they're bouncing off the walls in school. Yeah. Then we have a problem and there is a solution for that. You know what I mean? So if you're yeah. sleeping well, everybody's doing well, nothing's happening up during the day, then we're all good. And there's been studies actually that have looked at sleep trajectories in children. And so they're different trajectories. I think they're about five. You have some kids who never have sleep problems. They don't, nothing's happening, nothing goes wrong. Everybody sleeps well. They become, you know, at least up on. I think the study watched them till like middle school or so, and everything is well. They, they never had any sleep problems. You had some who had horrific sleep problems and it kind of got better over time. You had some who just had sleep problems throughout and you had some who worsened. So literally, we're not really sure what trajectory we belong to. But I think at the point where you are, if you feel your child is having difficulties with sleep, and of course, it's not only impacting them, but impacting you, right? If your child is not sleeping, most likely they're coming to your room to say, I can't sleep or I want another hug or there's a monster under my bed. There are things that we can do. And the reason why that is important, because we could say, okay, let's just wing it and not do anything, is that we have so much research that has shown that sleep deprivation in little children, in you know, younger school-age children, in teenagers, in adults, is associated with consequences that are not optimal. So mm. learning is a big piece of it. Again, executive function, emotion regulation, inattentiveness, almost like ADHD-like symptoms have been really seen and, and, and shown in children who don't sleep well. So we don't want that for our kids. We probably yes. want them to be better, to be happy, to be healthy, and to be more successful. And we can prioritize their sleep, 
help them to learn how to sleep better so that we can set them up for a successful future. So I think really there are some things that can happen, not for every child, because every child follows a different trajectory. But if you're noticing your child has issues with enough sleep and is impacting their day, impacting you as well, then we definitely need to sit back and say, what can we do to help? What can we do? Yep. You know, you said something that triggered a memory in me. I had a friend recently who sent me a message and said, hey, I'm in my doctor's office. I think I have ADHD and I'm going to ask for Wellbutrin. What do you think? And I was like, you need sleep because I know she's only sleeping like two to four hours a night. And so she's like, well, what do you think about the ADHD? And I was like, you need sleep. And then she sent me another question. I said, I repeat, you need sleep. And I said, you know what? See what your doctor says, but I want you to be sure you tell your doctor how much sleep you're really getting. Because it's true, there are so many mimickers and you can think, oh, I have this or I have that. And in reality, it's sleep. Okay, this is my last question for you. I could actually go on for hours, probably picking your brain. But my last question is, You know, not getting enough sleep is very different from when insomnia strikes and you feel like you just can't do anything to get enough sleep because you just feel like I'm trying and I'm trying and sleep is not coming. How much do you think a busy, stressed mind plays into that insomnia? That's, a, that's actually one of the types of insomnia we have, exactly what you described, where it becomes, sleep becomes a, um, it becomes a sleep-related effort. You start exerting yourself. If you think about it, you absolutely never know when you fall asleep. You just do. You just mm-hmm. fall asleep, right? You remember you're, you're relaxing, and then the next thing you wake up in the morning or whatever, you're like, oh, I slept. So when you get to the point where it becomes this, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to shut my eyes. I'm going to do all this like crazy rituals. I'm going to count a thousand sheep. It becomes what then propagates what we call psychophysiologic insomnia. And literally what that is, is this mind racing, nonstop churning, 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 worrying about the fact that you're worrying about sleep, worrying about the fact that you're not getting enough of it. And then sort of uh, catastrophizing what your day is going to then look like the next day, which then triggers even more worry. And so I actually wrote a blog on that, how to get off the insomnia train, because it's like a thought that then becomes this vicious cycle where you just feel at a loss for what to do. And the more we try harder, the less, the less successful we are. And so, you know, what I recommend is, Let's break that chain. Let's get off that chain train. Let's stop that cycle. I usually have some steps and some tips that I recommend doing. A lot of it is, you know, around the work you do on mindset as well, where it's like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? You know what I mean? Exactly. And then take action based on that. But sleep should not be a work. Sleep is just something we do. That is so good. Okay. Well, um, 
I, I am going to ask you for all your links and social media and uh, links to your blog so I can include it in the show notes. Do you have any programs or anything that you sell or offer for people who are interested in getting more health or sleep? Yeah, absolutely. So I do coach busy moms, um, busy professionals who are doing everything and are putting themselves last on how to prioritize sleep. And a lot of that is through my one-on-one coaching program where we go through uh, an eight-week program of really coaching you around what is stopping you from getting the sleep you deserve and getting you there. So anything ranging from boundary setting at work to that two-year-old of yours that keeps coming in every one hour and so we kind of walk through all that to get you where you're going and, okay um, the best. that is so good because <laughs> coaching changed my life and mm. for people who are really struggling to prioritize sleep I really do think coaching is a, a huge key to getting that turned around that is so good um I don't <laughs> think I knew that you coached uh, for sleep. That is pretty awesome. That is really great. And all the things you mentioned, our mind tells us like I have to or I can't and we have a hard time creating Mm. those boundaries. So wow, that's so good. Okay, well, for everybody, I am going to include the links to her website and coaching business for anybody who is interested. Um, Again, this is Dr. Funky Apalabi Brown. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Aguirre. I'm so excited. and just really thankful to speak to your audience. Awesome. Well, um, the next time we have to uh, revisit sleep, I will definitely have you back on. Thanks so much. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope that you gained as many nuggets from that interview as I did. To wrap things up, I'm just going to recap some of the things that really stood out to me. Number one was when Dr. Brown reminded us that we are supposed to live or that we are supposed to spend a third of our life sleeping. That is something that I really never thought of. And that's profound because so many times we think, oh, we should be spending most of our time awake and working and doing things. But that's not the reality. So we are meant to spend a third of our life sleeping. There's a reason for that. And when we don't, uh, the impact is really insidious, but it can make us agitated, have decreased patience or empathy. And a lot of times we do take that out um, on our family. And if I'm being honest, one of the things that lack of sleep makes me do is I cry more. It's true. I, I really get very emotional and it, it I just cry at the you know the the most minute things um the other thing that really stood out to me and I wanted to mention is the impact on weight there are so many people that are struggling with their weight and I have always known and I've always heard that lack of sleep contributes to weight gain and obesity but I don't think I ever knew that it was really the impact on the hormones the hunger hormones that create that. So that made perfect sense to me. All right. Well, that's it for this week. If you know anybody who is challenged with sleep problems, 
please share this episode with them. And again, Dr. Brown does coach for people who are struggling with sleep. And I think this is especially important for professionals who are trying to have a balance with their work and home life. And they're really struggling and putting sleep on the back burner. She um, offers coaching for that. And again, coaching has changed my life. So I highly recommend that. All right. Thanks, everybody. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you won't miss the next episode. And if you like this episode, please share it with a friend and give me a five-star review so that I can reach more people. I'll see you next week. The views and opinions shared here are for information and educational purposes only. They do not serve as a medical or professional advice. They do not represent any academic, medical, or professional institution or organization. If you found this helpful, don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thank you.